Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, my guest is... Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, my guest is Steve Arndt, who is the general manager of Columbus Marina. Steve is a longtime AGLCA supporter and long-term looper supporter, and he's going to talk with us a little bit today about what to expect when you pull into a marina during this COVID era that is gonna be remaining with us for a little while longer. Before we bring Steve in, I do wanna take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes and Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that completed, I'd like to welcome Steve Arndt with Columbus Marina to Great Loop Radio. Steve, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Kim. It's good seeing you again, and I'm um, excited to do it. Yeah, and I think you can bring some great insight because you were at Columbus Marina throughout 2020 as all of this was happening. And I yep. think, you know, probably the the immediate thing when things started closing down is a lot of marinas, some particularly municipal marinas did close down, some stayed open. You know, early 2020, almost a year ago now, what was it like when uh, all of this first started to break with coronavirus and there was so much uncertainty? Well, luckily for us, it uh, it kind of hit during our slow season. So uh, February, March, April, the weather's still pretty chilly here. So uh, um, we weren't too terribly busy. Most of the loopers that had come through typically come through here in the fall, so they'd already passed through. Uh, but still, it was a pretty confusing time because a lot of boats were still, you know, traveling on the rivers. And uh, um, we were hearing words that, you know, some marinas were closed, some marinas were open, especially down in Florida, because that's where most of the, uh, the transients were. And, you know, people just didn't know if they were going to have a, a space when they got there. Um, here, especially, um, you know, we're a fairly rural area in uh, Mississippi. So there were a lot of people that were, you know, not really uh, convinced it was a thing and it was just something that was happening on, on the coast and it, you know, it probably wouldn't happen here. But uh, at some point um, in March was when it started really uh, uh, hitting home and the case count started climbing. Um, our local uh, government here in Columbus uh, wound up uh, um, uh, doing a stay at home order in uh, uh, late March and they closed down all non-essential businesses. And, you know, even though uh, boaters love to think of a marina as an essential business, um, especially in a smaller area like this, it really isn't. Um, so what we uh, we wound up doing was uh, modifying our hours to where we were closed. Um, but I had the um, the phone rolled over to my cell phone so I could still take calls even though we weren't here. So on the few transients that were passing through, we were still able to come in and help them and, and uh, get them through and get them on down the road. Um, for our local boat owners that were here, it was pretty much uh, call us and schedule an appointment and we'll come in and help you as we can. Um, but it was uh, it was interesting to say the least in the beginning um, when no, nobody really knew what was going to happen. Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right in that question of essential services. Um, uh, and for those who don't know, uh, actually, let's back up just a little bit. You did mention Columbus, Mississippi, but um, tell us, for those who don't know, where you are on the waterway on the loop. Well, we're on uh, North Mississippi. We're on the Ten Tom Waterway. Um, we're at uh, mile marker 335, so we're a little over 300 miles uh, north of the Gulf Coast. So um, pretty much anybody doing the loop or anybody that's, uh, um, you know, running a transient vessel from, heck, 
Canada, the Great Lakes, all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. They'll they'll pass through unless they're taking the risk of going down the Mississippi River. Right. Um, but yeah, so we see uh, quite a few people, not just loopers, but we see a lot of uh, transients, you know, boat owners that, you know, uh, some are up north and then winter down in Florida. Um, again, we didn't see as many uh, this spring because a lot of the owners were like, eh, let's just sit tight. Let's see what happens. So. Right. And I, yeah, I think that was the case in a lot of places. Um, and essential service wise, um, as you said, you know, Florida was kind of a different story. A lot of things were shut down, lots of confusion. Um, it did seem as the confusion and the uncertainty started to subside a little bit. Some of the coastal states did start to classify marinas as essential services. Um, in part due, due to lobbying efforts from boaters who um, kind of pointed out that those who live aboard a marina is an essential service. That's where they need to be able to tie up to get food. That's where they need to be able to take on fuel. That's where they need to be able to get a pump out. Um, so how long did it take, Steve, for your area to allow you to reopen? And you know, any insight you might have on other areas on what the status of marinas is? I'm not hearing of too many that are still closed, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, so the uh, um, uh, the order that uh, closed on non-essential businesses here lasted for about a month. Uh, so uh, just before uh, the first of May was whenever um, uh, they started opening up again. And you know, I did have uh, one lady that was disappointed because uh, they were pulling up to the fuel dock in a pontoon boat, and we weren't here. And she called me. And she says, "Well, I need to get gas." And I said, "Well, we're not open." Said, well, you're an essential business. I need gas. And I said, "Ma'am, riding around on a lake in a pontoon boat is not considered essential, <laughs> you know." But you know, a transient passing through, um, you know, I, me personally, um, I didn't, you know, speak with the city leaders, but I knew that they would say that that would be essential because these are people that are traveling to go through um, from point A to point B, and we're trying to get back home or trying to get somewhere, um, you know. And, and I can certainly understand why areas like Florida and along the coast um, that some of the marinas were considered essential businesses because you did have more transient businesses going through. You did have more liveaboards. Um, you did have people that really did need their services. So um, I can definitely understand why they did that. I Right now, I don't know very many areas that really have marinas that are closed. To the best of my knowledge, um, they're all open. Um, there may still be some that are open with caveats, like, uh, um, you know, we're, you know, kind of a contactless service where uh, you'll come in, give us a credit card over the phone. We'll, you know, you pay for it that way. Um, we'll help you tie up the boat, but we don't actually interact with customers. We're not that way. We're, uh, um, we take precautions, but, you know, we're, we're still here. But to my knowledge, I don't know of any marinas that are actually fully closed still. Yeah, and so many marinas on the coast also serve commercial traffic, law enforcement vessels for fuel and things like that. So, you know, like I said, the uncertainty early on, I think, created some of the chaos. That seems to have subsided. Um, but Steve, you did kind of mention um, precautions. So let's jump into that a little bit. I know, like, for example, on the Trent Severin, although U.S. citizens could not get to the Trent Severin yeah. this year, um, it was open for Canadian citizens. And one of the things that they did differently, and they're kind of known for their... Um, being very uh, boater friendly and providing excellent service. But one of the things that they had to do differently was that they would not handle your lines and help you tie up in the, in the canal um, to maintain that distance and to not be touching surfaces that the boaters were also touching. So anything like that, that was put in place um, at your Marina or others that you're aware of, you know, ha line handling, um, you know, here in South Carolina, the gyms reopened, but like the shower facilities are closed. So yeah. what are some of the, the restrictions that you're still seeing out there or specifically there in Columbus? Well, you know, in the beginning, um, we were just very uh, cautious as far as uh, touching any services that anybody else might, um, you know, wearing masks, 
uh, trying to limit any sort of interaction, making sure we're social distancing, staying at least six feet away from everybody. Um, but then as the, uh, the science came out and they realized it was more and more airborne and less uh, um, transferred by, you know, by touch, although it still could be, um, we sort of relaxed some of those. So we still help boats tie up. Um, we try not to uh, get too close to the boat owners, but honestly, when you're tying up a boat, usually uh, the boat owner stays on the boat. They toss us the line, we tie them up, um, you know, helping them plug in their lines or, like, or plug in their power, all that good stuff. Um, what we do really um, to kind of social distance is in our store more than anything else. Um, we do, uh, the Columbus area does have a mask mandate in place, so we do require everybody to have a mask that comes in the store. That's easy if somebody shows up by car, they hop out of the car, they put on their mask. At this point for everybody, it's second nature, but a lot of people, um, especially, you know, if you're, uh, if you're a looper heading down the river, you're on your boat, you've got a mask, it's not that hard to grab it and put it on. Uh, but for other boaters that maybe have uh, launched nearby and put a boat in the water in the trailer, they leave the mask in the car and then they hop on the boat and they come to the marina and they come up and say, oh no, I don't have a mask. Um, so in those cases, what I would just do is I would just limit it to just one person per boat and then we would stay away from them. Um, but as far as uh, I hear at the marina, you know, wiping down all of our services, especially the, the things that get touched most, you know, the counter, the credit card machine, that sort of thing, uh, making sure we're keeping the bathrooms clean and just trying to, to uh, um, limit any sort of transmission services we may have. How about um, any other, and I'm not 100% sure what you have there at Columbus, but any other, you know, amenities that you know of that are remaining closed in marinas, um, you know, for those that have um, bathhouses, um, swimming pools, you know, all the different uh, captain's lounges, um, any impacts that loopers should know about at, at facilities like that? So uh, here we don't have swimming pool, um, mm -hmm. but you know what we do have that a lot of places don't is courtesy cars. We've actually got two of them, and that's the the biggest thing uh, because, especially in this part of the world on the Ten Tom, um, some areas to stop and and go have dinner and restock can be uh, uh, pretty far apart. So um, you know, with us, it's having the ability to have our boat owners hop in the car and go into town. Uh, in the beginning, there were a lot of restaurants that were closed and a lot of places they couldn't get into. You know, you could still go to Walmart or a grocery store or something like that. Um, but it was really for us, it was setting an expectation when the boat owner called and said, hey, I want to make a reservation. Just like, okay, hey, this is what we've got. You can go into town. You'll need to wear a mask, um, but you'll, uh, um, you might not find everything open that you're looking for. Um, as far as some of uh, my other friends in the business that uh, have marinas with uh, uh, swimming pools and things like that, for the most part, they've kept them all open. Um, but with restrictions, you know, they're posting signs, wear a mask, um, stay six feet away. You get a lot of people that think, oh, I'm outside, I don't have to worry about this stuff, but, you know, you, you kind of still do. So um, I would just uh, warn anybody that's uh, heading down river or up river, up coast or wherever, um, you know, call ahead to your next spot you're going to. Make sure they know you're coming um, and then ask them what they've got closed. Because if you think you're going to go there and hang out for a week and, and eat at their local restaurant and swim the swim pool and it's closed when you get there, you'll be unhappy. Right. And, and honestly, that's the best advice that you can give, because obviously Steve can tell us exactly what's happening there in Columbus. Um, but the loop is a pretty large geographic area. Every place is different. Every place keeps changing. Um, so honestly, the best thing to do is to call ahead. And that's going to manage your own expectations as well. And I'm really glad you brought up the courtesy car, Steve, because um, it sounds like yours are still in use. Correct? Yes, absolutely. We've got two of them. Yep. Okay. And that's great because they're on the 10 time. As you said, it's very much needed. I have heard of some marinas that are not allowing the courtesy cars to be used right now because of COVID, because it's too hard to make sure that those are cleaned properly between customers. So if you are using a courtesy car, you know, just an extra caution to, to be safe and careful with that. Um, but also 
if you are planning to take a courtesy car at a marina that generally has one and may not have the same, um, you know, same government regulations as Steve's got there in Columbus, the, the courtesy cars are not always available. So if you're planning to provision and think you're going to be able to use that, definitely check that out when you call ahead. Um, well, and, and if, even yeah. if you are going to use the courtesy car, take some handy wipes with you. Um, yeah. Wipe the, the steering wheel down, wipe down the, the gear shifter and anything, door handles, because uh, you don't know who was in there before you. It's it's funny. I see a lot of uh, um, folks that are, you know, especially uh, back in the fall when we had most of our loopers come through here and they talk about, oh, we've been social distancing, we're wearing masks. And then the first thing they do when they tie up is they start running down the dock and hugging everybody they haven't seen for a while. It's like, you know, that's not social distancing. It's <laughs> so not. Really that's wanna, a tough you, really, one. you really want to hug them. Um, but the best thing to do is just kind of do the elbow bump or fist bump and, you know, just, just be safe because you definitely want to stay. You want them to be there the next time. Yeah. yeah. And, and Steve, you've been at some of our events you, you and you've probably seen hundreds, if not thousands of loopers come through over the years. I mean, it is a social group and i get asked regularly you know can you still do the loop with covid out there not if you have covid with covid out there um you know absolutely but it may be a little bit of a different experience so if the social aspect is something you're really looking for that might be a little bit more challenging so it sounds like um and most of the social aspects depending on where you are but it's it's largely outside um but so you're you're seeing it still happen steve but obviously you know recommending that people still keep that social distance but social gatherings yeah. on the docks still happening out there yeah i mean uh, um you know uh dock tails is always going to happen um but you can social distance and dock tail you know you can uh, break your chairs out and put them on the dock and and sit several feet away and still talk and you know still have drinks and still have a good time um, I think the hardest part is when you've pulled up and, uh, um, you know, I'm a looper. I'm in, I'm in my boat. I'm in the marina and I see a friend of mine. I hear him on the radio and they're, you know, they're coming down the river. And it's like, oh, I haven't seen Tom and Debbie in a month. Oh, I can't wait till they get here. And they hop off the boat and everybody's excited and you go hug them. And that's great. You know, and 99.9% .9 of the time, nothing bad's going to happen. But you never know that one person. Um, and uh, I won't uh, tell any tales, but I do know of uh, um, uh, at least one instance on the rivers here where somebody came through and they did happen to have the coronavirus and they didn't, they, they weren't aware of it because, you know, generally it takes, you know, three to five days before symptoms show up. And uh, um, they went through and then what we heard behind them was there were several other uh, people that wound up getting it as well. So it's pretty contagious. You really don't want to let your guard down as much as you want to see Tom and Debbie again, um, you know, wave to them, don't hug them. Yeah, well, and, and you know, we don't know how many of our members as a whole have contracted the coronavirus. Obviously, with the numbers where they are, it's it's likely many. Especially, um, we worry because our age demographic is a little bit towards the older side, um, and we have had some members that very, very sadly have passed from coronavirus. Um, some gold loopers, some that hadn't had the opportunity to start yet. So, you know, not to be a downer or to frighten anybody but it is out there and even though the loop is this special like bubble that we kind of feel like we're we're in this magical thing and it, it is but it's still you know it, it is part of our culture and part of our group specifically now so we just want everybody to remain safe safe um and on that note you know these restrictions are in place to protect the boaters but also to protect the marina staff so let's take a quick break and play a message from a sponsor but when i jump back in. I kind of want to talk about that and how, how you and your folks are remaining safe, Steve. So we'll be back in a moment. Good morning, loopers. Many of you are probably already cruising in southeastern waters, and that is where the Salty Southeast Cruisers Net focuses all of its efforts to help you enjoy your time on the water. So as you prepare for the next leg of your journey and as your resource for accurate, 
timely and useful information. We want to invite you to use and add your knowledge to the wealth of information that's available through the Cruisers Net in its directories for marinas, bridges, and anchorages, as well as the latest fuel prices in your area. Our mission of Cruisers Helping Cruisers, may we invite you to help those following in your wake by sharing with us your cruising experiences. Thank you. Have a great day. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Steve Arndt. He is the general manager at Columbus Marina, which is on the Tentom in Columbus, Mississippi. He is a long-term AGLCA sponsor, and we've seen him at lots of our events where he is always the life of the party. Bingo games is what you're still remembered for, Steve. Yep. Um, and we're, of course, talking about what loopers can expect along the waterways and in the marinas in this era of coronavirus that's going to be with us, it seems, for a little while longer. Um, so, Steve, obviously the, the guidelines that we're seeing all over the place are designed to keep everyone safe, not just the boaters, but also yourself and your staff. Um, so how have you have you been able to remain safe and how, how much has actual people getting sick impacted you and your staff? Well, uh, so for the most part, we have been able to remain safe. You know, uh, the same guidelines that are in place for the boat owners are in place for us as well. It's always uh, kind of frustrating for me here locally. I'll go into a, a local business and there's a sign on the door that says, you know, everybody has to wear a mask and I go inside and the people in there aren't wearing masks. <laughs> um, and it, it's, it's also funny to me that a lot of people don't realize that, you know, wearing a mask um, protects more other people. I'm wearing a mask protect you, not so much for me. It does help me, but it, it more helps you. Um, so in the beginning, we did definitely um, wear masks, um, kept everything clean. Um, and sadly, there's only uh, one employee at my marina that has actually gotten sick, and you're looking at him. I wound up uh, um, uh, picking it up in late July, and I was out for a couple of weeks, and uh, um, it wasn't fun. Definitely wasn't fun. I wasn't knocking on death's door, but I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Um, but my, my initial concern was, oh, my goodness, I hope I haven't gotten anybody else at the marina sick. And then a couple of days later, you know, after I realized nobody else had gotten sick, I was like, oh, my goodness, what would I have done had somebody gotten sick? You know, number one, I would have felt horrible for, for getting somebody sick. But, you know, a small marina like ours, we've only got during the summer four or five employees. Uh, and then this time of year, we've got uh, two full-time and one part-time. So if we lose, say, when I got sick, there went 25% of my staff. So if one other one had gotten sick, then uh, um, we went down to half staff, and it would have definitely impacted how we dealt with our guests. But, you know, the big thing is, is with us, you know, we're not only trying to keep our boat owners safe, but I'm really more concerned about my own employees because, uh, they're they're uh, they're what make the marina great. Um, it's a wonderful spot. It's a wonderful location. I'm just a pretty face. They do all the work, <laughs> and they're 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 far more important than I am. Well, we're and we're very glad to see that you have fully recovered, Steve. But um, you know, are there any things that you, as general manager, there would want loopers and other transient boaters to know about coming through? You know, what should they do to help? themselves stay safe, but also to keep you and your staff safe. And you're right, with a, particularly with a small staff, you know, the consequences beyond the health issues can be very devastating for a small business. So, um, you know, anything that is just second nature to do when you arrive and hop off your boat that maybe people should refrain from a little bit, what are your thoughts? Well, we've actually already covered almost all of them. You okay, know, so good. Extremely <laughs> important, you know, uh, uh, resist the urge to hug the people you haven't seen for a long time. Um, you know, call ahead to make sure that Marina A is open, B has the amenities you're looking for, and C, more importantly, knows you're coming. Um, for instance, uh, we did have, I mentioned uh, um, early last year, you know, in uh, March and April, whenever we were closed as a non-essential business, I do know that we did have a couple of boots, that, a couple of boots, <laughs> a couple of boats that came through that did stay with us that didn't call in advance. 
because, you know, a lot of boats, um, they'll call on the radio when they get closed. Um, you know, these folks didn't have a reservation. They didn't call on the phone. Um, I do know they called on the radio and they pulled up and, you know, there was nobody here. Odds are that's not going to happen to anybody going forward right now. But, you know, the big thing you can do is just make sure you call that Marine in advance and make sure that they know you're coming. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is, you know, be patient with the staff that is there because um, especially doing the loop, you know, you're on the trip of a lifetime and it's great. Um, but for most of the folks who work in the marinas, it's a job. It's what they do day in, day out. And they may be married with kids and they're struggling with uh, who's going to watch the kids today because they're doing uh, distance learning and, and having to teach at home. So they may, may be under uh, quite a bit more stress than uh, um, they seem because, you know, pulling in the marina, it's pretty easy what we do. We're just here to make you guys happy. And 99% of the time, that's easy. Um, but it can be difficult to do if you've got a lot of uh, uh, stress at home. So just just be patient and above all, have a good time and uh, um, take it easy. Yeah, and that that's great advice. Um, I'm sure you saw in your area, like most places, um, boating really kind of exploded during the summer uh, yep. because it was one of the, the few recreational things that you could do and you're outside and it's fairly safe compared to some other activities. Um, so from what you've seen there on the Tentom, how has boating changed with coronavirus? Well, as you mentioned, it exploded during the summer. We really didn't see it coming. And, and, um, and most of the folks uh, um, that I speak with in the industry were really taken by surprise as well. Um, you know, we knew that we'd probably be a little bit busy because boating is an excellent way to social distance. So we knew that we'd have at least our existing boat owners, uh, um, you know, go out and enjoy it. What we didn't expect was all the new boat owners and all the people that bought pontoon boats and runabouts and, and you know, small cruisers and just, they went crazy. This summer was, uh, was very busy. Um, that being said, our transient business, um, which is, you know, the folks that are heading up and down the river, it dropped off dramatically. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, the folks that kept their boats down in Florida during the winter. Um, when all this was kicking off, they didn't want to take the risk of running it up river. Um, and then once summer got there, they were like, hey, there's no hurricanes. We'll be okay. Let's just leave it down there. So we didn't see as much transient traffic this year. Um, we obviously had a very, uh, um, a very reduced looper season. But I think that was less to do with COVID and more to the other uh, locks that were closed on Illinois. Um, I would say we probably got about 60%, we saw about a 60% drop of our normal transient traffic. Um, I would say for our loopers, we probably saw about a drop of about uh, 75%. Um, yeah. But those that were here were still having a great time. Um, you know, they were, for the vast majority of them, they were social distancing. They were taking, you know, precautions. They were wearing masks and they were happy that we were doing the same. Yeah. And I think um, I think you and I talked before coronavirus because the, the concern was um, those lot closures on the Illinois waterway and how many loopers would be coming through and how late in the season it would be. And, you know, who would have thought that would not be the biggest obstacle and that, you know, besides coronavirus um, and the lot closures because of the virus, folks couldn't go to Canada. The New York canals opened so late. Um, so I'm not surprised that you saw about a 75% drop off. It was probably only, you know, a handful of boats that continued once those locks reopened, which was into November. Um, and I think a lot of the people you saw before that were folks who were starting from south of the closure to begin with, you know, their home ports, and they were just starting out on the loop. So um, definitely strange, strange and interesting times. Um, and, you know, we'll see what 2021 brings, Steve, as far as that the transit traffic. Um, I know yours is not all loopers because there are people who come from the Great Lakes every year through yep. the 10 time to get to the Gulf for uh, to spend winter in Florida. Um, 
with with the Canadian border still the big remaining piece of uncertainty for loopers for 2021. It's uh, it'll it'll be an interesting season to see how many actually do end up coming through. A lot of folks who are still planning to do the loop in 2021 are preparing to um, take the canals that help them to avoid Canada. Um, and while they would love to go to Canada, and that's a highlight for many people right now, they just can't. <laughs> um, so I know lots of loopers on both sides of the border that are really eager for that to open back up. And hopefully, hopefully it'll happen early enough in the season that things can get a little bit more back to normal in terms of a looping schedule, so to speak, a looping time frame. let's call it that. We don't like schedules very much. <laughs> so Steve, anything else that, um, you know, I haven't asked you or that you want loopers to know about, uh, being at a marina during COVID or just in general about uh, Columbus? Um, no, not necessarily. You know, I'm a, I'm a silver lining kind of guy. So uh, to me, the silver lining in this is that we had the lock closures and COVID in the same year. You know, if it had happened back to back, there would have been a lot of people that would have had to, you know, postpone their dream. Um, you know, there were, like you said, there were a lot of people that, uh, um, um, you know, kind of planned ahead because of the lock closures. We knew uh, in advance they were coming. If we had known in advance COVID was coming, you know, people would have uh, um, done their loop sooner as well. Um, but I think, uh, I think, you know, people that are doing a loop, they're going to loop. You're not going to stop them from doing a loop. Um, you had mentioned earlier, um, uh, you know, or uh, something along the lines of, you know, there are some people that do the loop and docktails, you know, the social aspect is the big thing. But there's other people that just want to do the loop because they like birds and they like, you know, nature and they like to, to, to be out and anchor up. So if you're the kind of person that's doing the loop and, uh, um, you know, the hanging out on the dock is not a big part of it, cast off and go. You know, it's, you'll be social distancing naturally, and that's great. And then, you know, just take the precautions when you go into town or, or, or to, to resupply or something like that. Um, if you're the kind of folks that are doing the loop because you like the social aspect of it, you can still do it. You just kind of got to be a little more careful. Um, if it turns out that uh, 2021 is the year that you have to do the loop, you know, just plan ahead. You should be able to do it. I don't see any reason why not. If you, can, if you have to go through Canada, well, then we kind of got to wait for Canada. But, uh, um, you know, depending on what kind of boat you've got, if you can do it, I say cast off and do it. Follow your dream. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if any of you have questions about how to do the loop without going to Canada, um, you know, even if your air draft is more than the Erie Canal can handle, um, you can get to Lake Ontario through the Oswego and then continue through the Welland Canal back to Lake Erie. Definitely some challenges there. Um, the Welland Canal is in Canada. Um, you need to hire a captain, thereby making it a commercial transit while the border is closed only, um, but we've been getting lots of questions about this, but you can go through the Welland Canal. Well, your boat can. <laughs> you need to hire a captain so it becomes a commercial vessel. Um, contact me if you have questions about that, but Steve is absolutely right, and that was great advice. It can still be done. It can still be the trip of a lifetime. Um, we still had 104, I think is the final count, that finished it in 2020, so, um, and that was down about, oh, 50 or so boats, maybe 60 boats from the year before. So um, absolutely can still be done. And while you're on your way through the tent, Tom, definitely stop and see Steve and his crew there at Columbus Marina. Steve, thanks for joining us today. And thanks for your long-term AGLCA sponsorship. Thank you for having me. We really enjoy it. And we love seeing loopers uh, um, stop by and say hey. Yeah. Stay well. Um, and to our watchers and listeners, thank you for joining us once again on Great Loop Radio. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>